At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. As we just begin this message today, I just want you to think about how, how really important that when we gather together like this, everything that happens is important. You might be a person that says, well, you know, I'm, I'm just not into the worship stuff. I'll just come toward the end of worship and show up. And I mean, I, I don't know if people do that or not. I'm not looking around. But if you do that, I'd encourage you to take the time to show up earlier and, and be a part of that. Um, if you've never been here at 10 o'clock in the morning or at about two minutes till, we have a big circle prayer back there for everybody serving in the body, but even if you're not serving that day, you can show up and be a part of that. If you've never done that, I encourage you just to show up sometime and just be a part of that, how we pray over the service and believe God for the service. And, and we pray in other tongues first as we build ourselves up in our most holy faith, and, and then we, we pray over the service. And so I'd encourage you to come and be a part of that if you've never been a part of that. Um, there's things that are a part of church life that maybe aren't normal to your upbringing or where you came from. And you have to learn to understand how everything that goes on in, in the services that we have in the connect groups and everything that we do, it is all part of growing you up, you know? Um, I can remember when, I don't know why I'm telling this, probably somebody needs this or something, uh, there's always something like that, but I'm just telling you this. But when I was in, in, the fall of my, in the fall of my 17th year, I was invited. I started going to this youth group at my, at my dad and his wife's. They had just been married a year or two, and they went to the Methodist church. And we started going. I started going to the youth group at the Methodist church because the youth guy had long hair. And so that's the only reason I went. I didn't know anything about what was going on, but he had long hair and tattoos, and he kind of looked like me, and so I thought, I'm going to go see what he has to say. So he invited me to a, to a youth camp in Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. We lived about, a, we lived about an hour from there. Isn't that, isn't that unique? Truth or Consequences. <laughs> and he invited me to a youth camp. There's two big lakes there. Elephant Butte Lake and Caballo Lake, and, and on the lake there was, a, there was a kind of a big meeting room there, and they had, a, had some speakers there, and so I went to that and made sure I sat in the back in case I needed to dart out of there and get out of that, that place, you know, because I didn't know what it was going to be like, and, uh, and so there's, I don't know, I can't, I'm, I'm looking at, thinking of the room, and I'm, I don't know, there's a hundred young people in there or something, I don't know what, how many there was. But there were several churches involved or something. And so we're sitting there, and out walks this man. And he's got, he looks like he's about, you know, 70 years old, and he has a crew cut. I'm looking around, and I'm thinking, what has this guy got to say to us? I'm just thinking, I, I, I'm ready. I'm looking at the door, and I'm thinking, I'm ready to get out of here, you know. What, I would listen to what this guy has to say. And for the next 15 minutes, before he even started sharing, he started speaking to me. I mean, he probably spoke to everybody in there, but he was speaking to me that day. 
And what, what the guy said, and I, I don't remember everything about what he said, but what he, what, the, the gist of it and what stuck with me was, if you've never known God, you don't know why you were put here. If you've never known God, you don't know why you're here. You think you do. Maybe you have, because he was talking to all like 16, 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds, and he said, you think you might, maybe because you, you do something and you, you have, you've been talking to different counselors and different people about your future and you're going to go to school and be this thing, and so you think you were here to do that, you know? And at the time, I was a golfer because my dad was a golf pro, so I was a golfer and fixing to go to college and play golf, and I knew it, and that's, that was the rest of my life. And when he said that, I thought, no, this is what I'm called to do. That's what I'm here for. Well, the only reason I played golf is because my dad was a golf pro. Duh, you know. I played for free. <laughs> and in those days, it was called a rich man's sport. So, you know, I never paid for a set of golf clubs, a golf ball. I never paid for anything. I never played for a round of golf to play golf, you know, anywhere. Because I had perks because of my dad everywhere I'd go. So, you know, I had no real appreciation of really tough times coming up through the ranks and playing golf. It just kind of was handed to me. But, oh, that's my calling. I'm going to win the U.S. Open. I'm going to play in the Masters. I'm going to do everything that everybody else does. It was just, I mean, I'd, I'd, my friend and I, we'd play in the evenings on my dad's course. And, and in the evenings, we'd play like the last four holes of, uh, uh, of the course right before dark, and we come up the 18th fairway like we were in the Masters, you know. And I remind my friend every once in a while, I used to beat you all the time in the Masters, you know, on the 18th hole there. <laughs> but I just had this vision. That's what I was doing. That was my calling. That was my life. That's what I was going to do. And here's this old man, because I was 17, this old man with a crew cut telling me, if you don't know anything about God, if you're not born again, then you don't know why you're here. And it's never left me. And in the spring of 1977, that next year, I gave my heart to the Lord. I kind of did that night, but I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't really believe it. But in May of 1977, I believed what I did. And I got born again. And the word that was taught me all along, there's one verse of Scripture, and then I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to get into my word. But there was one verse of Scripture that stuck out to me and has since then. I mean, a number of verses have, but, but this one has always stuck out to me. Whatever you sow is what you're going to reap. And those that don't quit, they will reap the results. When my wife and I, when Becky and I came here with our three small children to Kerrville in 1989, God had spoken to me several years before that. I was on, in a, piece, on a piece of property of Becky's grandparents up in Missouri. And I was sitting on a four-wheeler and I was the little lake that they had on a little body of water, whatever, pond, whatever it was, and on, on the backside of their property. And I was sitting there, and the Lord called me. I've never heard a voice like that. It wasn't an audible voice, but the closest thing I've ever heard to an audible voice. And God's saying to me, you're going to pastor. 
And I thought to myself, what? I mean, for years, all I had said is, you know, well, you know what do you think you're called to do? Well, I, I'm not 100% sure, but I'll never be a pastor. And I used to say that all the time. I mean, I said, I'll never be a pastor. I, I, I don't know, but I'll never be that. And God called me to do that, and three confirmations in the same year from three different people from three different areas confirmed that same word. That God, had, He spoke it to me, and then three confirmations came to me. And the scripture that always stayed with me, that if you don't quit, you'll reap. And when we came here, that was the thing, one of the things that God spoke to us. You're going to start this and you're not going to quit. You're going to stay with it and you're not going to quit. You're not going to throw in the towel because it gets hard. You're not going to throw in the towel because of attacks and things. And we had no idea the attacks and whatever comes because of the word. Did Jesus say that? He said, he said, because of my word, you will be persecuted. So will you and so will anybody else. But there has to be an environment that is established that will not bow its knee to anything or anybody. There has to be a, a group of people known as the local church, right, and, and local church congregations, because there's, they're all over this city, they're all over this state, they're all over the planet, all over the United States of America, and all over the planet. But there has to be an environment where people will believe the word. The, the tendency with the church is to become another social group, just to try to meet the needs, the natural needs of people. Nothing wrong with that, meet, meeting the needs, but you can't overdo that without meeting the spiritual needs of people. If the spiritual needs aren't met, then people will constantly be dependent on somebody else. God wants people dependent on Him. That's what Gates of the City is about. And today we're just talking about connection and how, how that we're better together. And you have to learn that. Because you know, the tendency with connection is that I don't have time. Sure, nobody does. Yeah, but you don't know all the things that I've got going on, right? Right, nobody does. You, you, you know, one person can say how busy I am. The next person can say how busy. But, but God wants you to be busy with production. Busy's good, but busy isn't an, can't be an excuse not to do something that God wants you to do. That means you could be busy doing things you don't need to be doing. I, I know for myself, through the years, God's shown me things. You know what? I, you don't need that anymore. You don't need to mess with that. I held on to golf for many years, trying to resurrect it and make something happen because it was an identity that I had as I was getting identified with Christ. And there was a day the Lord said, you don't need this. You don't need this. You think you need this. You don't need this. And God said to me, I need you. And he said, if you want to play golf, play golf, but you don't need golf to be something or be somebody. I want you to want me. You were, as the song said today, you were created for me, for my purpose and my intention in the earth. You were created for me, and I need you to be about me and then anything that you want to do, you do it because of my desire for you. 
So literally, I mean, I have the freedom in my heart. I, I could play golf seven days a week. I don't want to. I don't want to. Somebody says, what, 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 do you, what do you like to do just as a hobby, just to get away? Ride motorcycles. Ride motorcycles. You know why? I, I, don't, I don't wear a helmet that's got all the stuff in it where everybody can talk to you. I wear a helmet where nobody can talk to me. Hmm? I go out there and hit the sisters. Ride for about three and a half hours. And nobody's saying nothing. Amazing how I can hear God on that. But I, 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 I don't even want to play golf. If I was going to go play 18 holes of golf today, okay? Let's say I was going to go to Fredericksburg and play in Fredericksburg. It'd take me an hour to get ready, make sure I got everything. It'd take me 30 minutes to get there. That's an hour and a half. It'd take me another 30 minutes to get there, get my cart, get this, get that, hit balls, practice, get ready. No, that's two hours. Four hours to play golf, that's seven hours. Uh, you can't just hop in your car and take off. You've got to sit around and, you know, have a glass, a cup of water, or do something, or a cup of coffee, or whatever you'd like to drink. You know, I used to drink sodas, but I don't drink sodas anymore. But you, drink, you sit around and drink something. You may eat something. You know, that may take another hour. And then 30 minutes to get home. Eight and a half hours it's going to take to hit a little white ball. I mean, okay, I, I mean, I'll do it, and I've done it, and, but, but, and I used to do it all the time, and, and I feel like I have the freedom. I could go do it seven days a week. I don't want to. That's what God wants out of us. And the only way you have the ability to make choices to do what pleases God, the only way, is to grow up in Him. That's what the church is about. That's what connection is about. Because we were created to be infused with one another. People that don't even like what you like. Some of the greatest connections in your life will be connections with people that are totally different than you are. My wife and I are different like night and day. Because that's the way God made. God puts opposites together. Why? So you can learn how to grow with each other and glean from each other and draw from each other. Same way with friendships. You don't just gravitate toward people that think exactly like you. How boring is that? You want some friends that think a little bit different that challenge you, you know, cause you to kind of live on the edge in some certain areas of your life. Pastor Steve Kelly that'll be here, you've seen advertisement, he'll be here on the 24th, 24th, yeah, on the 24th of September. Man, that guy, he and I are as different as night and day, our personalities. But man, that guy has challenged me to the core in certain areas of my life that helped me. When I first met Pastor Steve in 2001, 
we were both dealing with somebody that had some issues in his life in ministry. And I was on this person's board, and they went through some issues and stuff, and they knew Steve Kelly. And so I called Steve, and I said, you know, we're dealing with this. And so we got to know each other. And a couple of years later, we went to Wave Conference in Virginia Beach. Long story short, we got connected with them. We were on their board of the, the network there and been friends for years and years. Played much golf together and ridden many motorcycles together. And, uh, and uh, he's even tried to get me out uh, for deep sea fishing. Thank God the weather was so bad the day I was going to go out. Man, I am so grateful. And thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. I'm, fishers, I'm a fisher of men, not a fish. That's not me. I'll, I'll go hunt any day. I love to hunt, but I like riding motorcycles and playing golf, and he and I have done that. But we've done that and, and been, he, he's challenged me on certain things where leadership is concerned. It's been a good relationship. And when I met him, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't like anything that I had been connected to all those years previous. He came from the Hillsong world. He actually worked for Brian Houston at Hillsong for about 10 years and then started moved to the United States and started the church here in Virginia Beach. And so, we, so in my connection with him, I learned some things from different streams of the body of Christ. didn't change what I had, but it added to what I had in different ways. And there's nothing like that. Connecting with people that don't just think every, the, exactly the way that you think. We're not talking about letting something rob you of what you have talking about having something added to what you have, and that's what connections are about. That's what these connect groups are about. That's why we spend the time believing for the right type of connect groups so that people can grow and grow up in their life. You need church life. You need services in church, like what we're talking about, like this service and Wednesday night that we have here. But you need the connect groups to added to it because you need the input of other people. You need to hear from other people, and you need other people having things that challenge your life and, and your life challenging other people's lives. Can you say amen to that? Amen. I mean, you know, Randy may not see himself standing up here and talking to people, but he did a pretty dang good job. How, how many say amen to that? Amen, right? You, you get what he's saying. You heard what he's saying. He didn't deliver it necessarily exactly like I did. I mean, nobody can do that as good as I am, you know. But <clears throat> you know that's a joke. But, um, but he didn't deliver it exactly like that. He just delivered it in his way, right? And you need stuff from people like that. You know, you, because you, you have this expectation that somebody's going to say something exactly, no, they're going to say it in a little bit different way, but it's coming out of their heart. What he shared was right out of his heart. That's what you want. See? And if you hadn't been here today, you wouldn't have got that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard Randy said something. I'll, I'll probably listen to it on the tape or, or on the recording or whatever. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. You need, be, you need to be here and you need to be connected. You need to hear what's going on because there's an environment set up in all the things that we do an environment set up for you to receive from God. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. It's about receiving from God. Can you say amen? amen. As, as I said last week, and I just have, I'm just going to kind of do a little review, and then I have a passage that I want to read to you that I'll end this with today. But as I, as I talked about last week, when we, when we read out of Proverbs uh, 29 and 18, and I'm going to just read, the, read it today out of, the, out of the Amplified Classic. It says, where there is no vision, 
no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. The, the New King James says they cast off restraint. And we went into all of that the last couple of weeks about what casting off restraint is. But, but people perish because there's nothing challenging them and holding them to the direction God wants them in. And that comes from redemptive revelation, right? But he who keeps the law or the word of God, which includes that of man, blessed, happy, fortunate, and enviable is that person. I mean, you just, you hear things when you read that, things that, you know, don't you want to be blessed? Don't you want to be envied by other people? Not, not in a negative way, that's not a bad way, but he said, you'll be envied because of the, the redemptive revelation that's working and operating in your life. People will want what you have, and you want that. You want people to want what you have, to see you and say, say there's something about you that's different. It's the God in you. But I promise you, I promise you, there's no other way to get there except through the church. And why is that? Glad you ask. Because of this verse. <clears throat> Matthew 16 and 17. Jesus answered and he said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I also say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Not the rock of Peter. He said, you're Peter, you're Petra. He said, but on, that, on a similar rock, the foundational rock of who we are in Christ Jesus, on the rock of revelation, redemptive revelation, on the rock of revelation, I will, Jesus will build his church. So, you learning to stay in the place and following the direction of God, the only way that that'll happen is when you're part of the church He's building. And that takes being connected to people. Because the church is about people. God is about people. All of heaven is about people on the earth. Right? Nobody's getting saved in heaven. Nobody's getting healed in heaven. Everybody's already saved, they're already healed, they're already delivered, they're already everything, right? There's nothing like that going on in heaven. All of heaven is focused on what's going on right here. Do you, you think that heaven can see what we're doing today? I mean, God's everywhere at all times, in all ways, in all places. I don't know what, what kind of technology and, and system he's got going on up there, you know, where maybe people in heaven are watching our service today. Think they like it? I mean, you think they like what we're doing? Do you think they like the worship that was, that was sung, the, the, how we entered into a place of worship? Do you think they like that? Somebody, somebody might say, oh, heaven can't see what's going on. That's a, don't, don't be deceived. God's everywhere at all times in all situations. So he, okay, maybe nobody else but God for sure. He knows what we're doing. And you know what's really important is? Is that what we're delivering today is what he wants delivered. So when you trust what I'm preaching to you, when you trust it, you got to go find out if it's true for yourself. But if you trust me and you believe in what I preach, what you're hearing is from God. So when you choose to do or not do something, you're choosing to do what God is wanting you to do or not to do. 
The challenge today is realizing what we're here for, what the body is here for. It's here to help people. It's here to grow people up. And without redemptive revelation, people perish. You can be born again, spirit-filled, but not growing in redemptive revelation, and you're casting off restraint, and what, what you find happening in your life is you become an authority unto yourself. Born again, spirit-filled, tongue-talker, you know, hearing the word preached but doing nothing with it, then you become an authority to yourself. Your thoughts and ideas are stronger to you and more real to you, your thoughts and ideas, than God's thoughts and ideas. That's how, that's how we cast off the restraint. The Word of God restrains us. It keeps us in line in the direction that we're, going, we're supposed to go. Let me ask you this. Are there temptations in your life every single day? Right? Everybody raise your hand and say, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Everybody's tempted every single day with all kinds of things. But redemptive revelation empowers you to declare and speak and say what can and cannot happen in your life because I'm framing my world with the Word of God, right? God framed the worlds with the Word. I've got to take that redemptive revelation. I've got to take that restraint and frame my world daily so that the direction that I'm heading, no matter what comes, and no matter what temptations or things that try to take me down, they're not prevailing against me. But without redemptive revelation, you finally give in to those thoughts and ideas, and then they become a part of your life. Well, you know, I've tried it and just kind of doesn't work, and I've just got to do this and got to work at it this way. No, I'm, I'm not letting anything take away what God has given me, the redemptive revelation. Can you say amen? That's what the man said to me when I was 17 years old at that youth camp. He said to me, he said, he spoke it right to me. If you don't, if you're not born again and you don't have any revelation of God's word coming to you, then you don't know why you're here. And when, when a person on planet earth that was created by God and a person that was created by God and has to function with God's ways of thinking and doing, if you have no redemptive revelation, you enter into despair, depression. Why am I here? What am I going to accomplish in life? And there's a devil out there working 24-7 and actually works more hours than that in a day. He, he squeaks in, I think, about 30 hours a day to make sure that he's convincing you that you'll never amount to anything. That nothing in life is going to happen the way God said so. He works overtime to convince you that you cannot do the things that God says you can do. That's why we need this flowing into us all the time. That's why we need connections. One of the things that connect social groups do, we only meet once a month, but I've heard of many people that from those connect social groups, they've gone on to to, you know, spend time with other people, go to people's houses and become friends with people, have dinner together, doing things together. You know, it, it opens the door because, you know, I've had people say, well, you know, I just don't have any friends in the church. Well, okay, I, I, you guys think we're kind of friendly around here? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so if, you're, if you don't have any friends in the church, 
it has to be probably more than likely that you're not reaching out. If you're waiting for people to be friendly, uh, the enemy will make sure that they're not. You know, I mean, and, and then people can have all kinds of other thoughts and ideas about that, about why they're not coming to you, you know. So just step out. Take the step. Move in that direction. And these Connect Social Groups, what they do is they help to bring together thoughts and ideas. Like there's a games group back there. There's a, there's a 60 and older. I mean, I, I, how many like the 60 and older group? Amen? Yeah. And the people that are part of that group, they like it. Because, why? Because they get together, they break bread together, and, and they do different things each time, go to different people's houses or however, they, however that works out, and, and they get to experience kind of a new setting each and every time. And, and, and conversation happens. At the end of every Connect social group, what, what the leaders are to do are to spend 10, 15 minutes just talking about what the last sermon was or the last series, or something along that line, um, fr- from the previous Sunday, or Wednesday, or maybe the last couple of weeks, or we've been in a series, and so it's their responsibility to talk about what's being preached here. And I've just heard, as people are faithful to do that, that it really opens up great conversation to where now you guys are talking about the Word that was preached, and you're interacting with that Word, and, and it's kind of speaking to you through other people's thoughts and ideas. You, you understand? Same, same, same word, same revelation, but when it comes through someone else, you can grab something that you didn't get in a message. Did you hear what I said? You'll get something from someone else that you wouldn't have gotten. And if you signed up for the group, like I think it was Sandra saying, you know, you sign up for the group, commit to staying with the group, even if it's a little difficult or hard to stay faithful to it, because something good's going to come out of that, and you could have something for someone else. I'm telling you today, God, as he's watching us and what we're ministering on here today, he likes that. And he wants you to be faithful to that. You know why? It's because what I mentioned from Fabian's message on offering, man, we've robbed him of his joy of being able to bless us. People have. But we're not going to be a robber like that. We're not going to rob God of his joy and desire to bless us, make all these good things come to our lives. Well, the same way in anything else that we do. I don't want to rob God by not embracing the promises of God, not receiving the promises of God, not applying the promises of God. I don't want to rob God of the joy of desiring to bless me and empower me and prosper me and advance me, heal me, deliver me, set me free. All of that manifests when we walk in obedience and we walk in obedience through redemptive revelation of God. And redemptive revelation of God comes from us hearing the word, us connecting with one another as we're talking about today, and then doing something with it. That's how that comes in our life. Can you say amen to that? <clears throat> so, in Matthew 18, in verse 18, it says this, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done of them of my Father which is in heaven. Two of you. Everybody say two. Okay? There's all kinds of twos. All kinds of twos. And I'm telling you in connection 
new groups of twos can be connected. Three, four, five, ten people agreeing and, and, and learning things together and having people that, that you, you connect with that have different ideas or ways of thinking or approaching something, and, and it blesses you and it helps you to get greater revelation of the things that you're hearing. Can you say amen to that? We need these connections. We need that for the power. Redemptive revelation of God gives you and I authority to influence the world. Redemptive revelation gives us authority to influence the world. I said this to you last time, and I like the way that I said this and wrote this down. Your level of success in your worldly connections just outside the church will be determined by your spiritual connections. How effective you are with other people out there will determine how effective you become with people in here. And if that's uncomfortable for you, just take little baby steps toward it. But, but what I'm saying today is not my ideas, it's God's. What I'm saying to you today is not my ideas, these are God's ideas. So we have to, stay, we have to fight to stay unified and not separated. I'm going to say it again. We have to fight to stay unified, connected, and not separated. Easy to separate. Very, very easy to separate. Um, I'm going to read this passage to you because I feel like it, I feel like there's three points in this passage, and it's found in Colossians chapter 1, and I'm going to verse 24 through 29, and I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation. Paul says a lot here, but I'm going to point out three things in this, in this little passage that he, that he uh, wrote to and delivered to uh, the church at Colossae. And, but he's delivered this to us today in the same way. He said, I can even celebrate the sorrows I've experienced on your behalf, for as I join with you in your difficulties, it helps you to discover what lacks in your understanding of the sufferings of Jesus Christ experienced for His body, the church. It helps you to discover what lacks in your understanding of the sufferings of, Christ, of Jesus Christ experienced for his body, the church. There's a lot in that one statement right there that Jesus did that he wants us to do. Jesus suffered things that you and I will never have to suffer. He suffered sickness and every sickness, every disease that's ever been known to man or ever will be known, he suffered for you and I that we are healed in Christ Jesus. Can you say amen to that? So many other things. But there's a, there, there is an attitude of suffering in the flesh, of it being extracted from your way of thinking into the way of thinking of God that He paid a price for, for you and I, that He wants us to live that same way. He doesn't want you to stay with your old ideas. He doesn't want you to stay just comfortable in your, own mind, your old mindset and, you know, I, I only... I only do things with this kind of people, or I only do things with this group of people, or this race of people, or this whatever kind of people. He wants you delivered of those kind of things, but you got to take baby steps to get out of it. 
We live in a society in the climate that we're living in right now. I mean, I mean, the things that I just mentioned are so volatile everywhere. I mean, everybody's looking to be offended by every little thing when what God needs is people that are going to rise up and be who they were created to be and understand there's suffering that's involved when you take a stand for the things of God. It's not the suffering of the things that He paid for for us. It's the example of that life of suffering that he went through, extracted himself. He, he did away with anything that he could have done for himself, and he did everything the Father's way. There's suffering involved in doing things the Father's way. But you have to understand what that suffering is. People think, well, you know, I, I don't want to live my life suffering. You, you, you're going to suffer anyway. You might as well suffer or deal with things in life according to God's plan. You see, because Paul said many of the, the persecutions, the afflictions that come against the righteous, but my God delivers me from all of them. There's not anything that you're going to suffer or walk through that he'll not take you through to the other side. And if we got the victory in everything that we face, I don't know about you, you're going to face stuff anyway, you might as well face whatever you're facing with the victory that's already in hand. Mm, 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 mm. This is the very reason, Paul says, I've been made a minister by the authority of God and a servant to his body so that in his detailed plan, I would fully equip you with the word of God. There is a divine mystery, a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations. But now it's being revealed, unfolded, and manifested by every holy believer to experience. Living within you, and this is what's being revealed, this is what's been hidden through the ages, that living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of His glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure, becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for His people. And God wants everyone to know it. There's a lot said right there, but the focus is this. What's been hidden from the ages, people looking for the answers in life, those answers, in a nutshell, are Christ in you, the hope of glory, the hope of all mankind. All of mankind, they don't know it, but they're waiting for the manifestation of the sons and the daughters of God being who God created us to be. That's what he's saying right here. It's been hidden from the ages. That, that, that time when I was 17 years old and that guy said to me, or he said to the whole group, but he was speaking to me, if you're not born again and you know nothing about God, then you don't know why you're here. That's right. People can come up with all kinds of ideas. Well, I'm going to play golf in my life. I'm going to win the Masters and I'm going to save the world. Mm -mm. Not without Christ revealed inside of me. Not without being a part of the church of, that God is building. Notice, God never said he's building anything else but his church. Except in the Old Testament that he built his house. And the house, according to 1 Timothy 3.15, the house of God is the church of God. And the church of God is his body in the earth, and that's you and I. And to be a part of the church and to be connected to the church is how you grow in that redemptive revelation. And without it, we won't grow 
and we won't be this, and we won't allow the, the mystery that's been hidden from the ages won't be revealed to us, so humanity won't be delivered and set free. We're, we're part of the answer of humanity overcoming the things that they, they face on a day-to-day basis. We're part of that answer. But it has to be Jesus revealed in us. It can't be your thoughts and your ideas and how you think it should be done and how you're going to do this thing politically and all this kind of stuff. I mean, be about politics, do your convictions and all that kind of stuff because that's natural things. But first and foremost, it's got to be spiritual. And what's been hidden through the ages has got to be revealed in you and I. Father, look no further. Nobody else is going to take what I said today, which I know everybody is. I could say, nobody else is going to take what I'm saying today. I'm taking it. Father, look no farther. Use me. But remember, there's suffering involved. Ah, oh, Pastor, why did you have to say that? <laughs> because it says that. There's suffering involved. There's stuff. Stuff you've got to walk through. Stuff you've got to deal with. You know, there's a little suffering involved in thinking about being a part of a connect group that you don't want to, that's not your thing. There's some suffering involved in that. Get over it. Take a little baby step. Show up and don't say nothing. Just look around at everybody. See what it's like. Hmm? And then maybe the next semester you'll start saying something. Come on. And I'll finish with this. I'll I'll reiterate this. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for His people. And God wants everyone to know it. Christ is our message. He's our message. The anointed one is our message. And that anointing on our lives is our message. We preach to awaken hearts and bring every person into the full understanding of truth. It has become my inspiration and passion, Paul's saying this, in ministry to labor with a tireless intensity, with his power flowing through me, to present to every believer, what? The revelation of being his perfect one in Jesus Christ. Revealing to everyone that God loves you as much as he does Jesus. That you are his favorite. He loves you more than anyone else on the planet. He loves you just as much as he loves Jesus. That revelation coming to you and I on a daily basis comes through our connection with the local church and our connections with one another. And if we, if we, if we neglect that, the church won't work. Because the church won't work without people. And the church won't work without people that are connected. It doesn't work. There has to be connection. So number one, you've got to know you're in the right place. Number two, you've got to know that whatever it takes, I've got to become, all of us, myself included, we can all become better connected than we've ever been before as we hear the voice of God and do the things He tells us to do. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.